Well, say hello to Patrick Reynolds, uh, the founder and CEO of Crosslink Consulting. How are you, sir? Couldn't be better. Great. Uh, just for those of you who don't know, Crosslink uh, Consulting handles IT and cybersecurity needs for folks in the CSRA. But the purpose of our podcast series has little to do with technology and much more to do with people and making a bit of a culture shift across the CSR. Just wondering why that's so important to you. Well, it's primarily important because our company went through a period of bad culture and it was painful. It was painful every day to come in and try and do what we're called to do when there's tension and animosity and the, uh, the workplace isn't a delight to come in and serve others. Was it the case of uh, one bad apple spoiling the whole bunch, or how did that evolve? Well, I, th I think in a lot of ways, um, when I started Crosslink in 2004, it was a, a one-man operation, and it was easy to control the client experience. Um, you know, culture started and stopped with me. Um, mm -hmm. But as we've grown and as we've added people to to continue to serve this community with IT and cyber. Um, not everyone has the same values. Not everyone comes to the workplace seeking the same things. And um, what I found, like many, like many companies have found uh, or are finding, is that culture is going to crop up. It's going to exist. It's going to build, um, unbeknownst to you or un managed and uncultivated by the leadership if you're not careful. What strikes me about that is, so you're the leader, are you able to observe little nuances, say within your company, of good culture, bad culture? And I'm just wondering if there are any warning signs for anybody that happens to be watching or listening to look for. So in general, um, it's really not terribly different from how our homes run and how our homes feel. Um, you know, I come from a family of five. Um, my wife and I have three kids as well, so that's a family of five. And through that process, you learn um, you learn what not to do more easily than I think you learn what to do. And the same is true in the workplace. Um, and there's a there's patterns of behavior that are going to contribute to downward spiraling culture. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, I, I know how to look for some of those. And I think that um, other leaders can learn to look for some of those and actively counter some of those. Um, it's not obvious how um, a short remark is going to ultimately lead to bigger problems, but it can be an indicator. And as, as a leader who cares about the culture of the company, because it's been so painful in the past, um, you know, we're, we're intentional to address those as quickly as possible. So you mentioned the home life. Is the work life more like a family or is it a organization? Um, this is, this has been a hard lesson for me to learn. I, I think we all want to talk about how we have family values at work and how we're one big happy family. And I, I hear a lot of people say the same thing. We did as well. Um, I've come to take a different perspective on that ultimately, which is we're not a family, we're a team. 
What's the difference? That's uh, it seems you think about, you know, I'm a sports fan. You think about, and I'm from New York. So you think about, you know, the New York Mets and the Jets and boy, they're a team and they must go out and have a meal together. Their wives must get together. It must be like a family, but no. So I think the, the biggest difference for us in business is we have a mission to do. A family doesn't really have a mission. You're, you're coexisting, you're living life with one another, trying to get along. Many times the, the objective is to try and get along. Whereas at work, um, there's a mission to do. And at Crosslink, there's a mission to do. We've got great clients that we strive to serve. Um, and then in leadership, not only are we still trying to serve those clients, but we're striving to shepherd others who are doing the same thing. Um, and so that mission is the main difference between a family and a team. And, and if you think about that, because we're a team, every great team, every certainly every high-performing team has a coach. Uh, and that's very much what I see my role. Uh, Leon, our operations manager, that's his role. There's a lot of coaching and shepherding that, that we're intentional to do because the mission is important. Mm. And if we're not coaching and we're not mentoring and we're not focused and focusing others on what that mission is, um, then I think the problems grow. And the more we're focused on the mission, the smaller the problems are. When everyone's rowing in the same direction and a bump comes because – that's how it is in yeah. families as, as well as in teams. Um, when you're all rowing in the same direction and the, the mission and the destination are clear, uh, it's a lot less distracting when those bumps come. So you mentioned the word shepherd. You mentioned the word serve. Now, you didn't speak of anything spiritually, but it sounds to me more like a mission of what might be like what the church is versus necessarily like what the family is. Is there some components of that? For me personally, uh, there's there's no distinction. For me personally, there's not a separation between um, what I worship and what I do at work. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've come to embrace is that work is a form of worship. It's an extension of my worship. Um, to think about that for, for, you know, for some of our audience who may not appreciate that or may not care quite as deeply as we do, um, the things that we do are going to reflect what we're serving. If we're serving our wallets, then the things that, that we put priority on are going to serve our wallets. Um, if we're driven to be the best for whatever reason, then decisions we make are going to serve that goal. And for me personally and for our leadership team, uh, what we're striving to do is exercise the gifts that we've been given and we recognize that we've been granted those gifts and we're striving to use those gifts according to our call as we serve our neighbors. Right. So not everyone on our team thinks that exact same way and that's okay. Um, But they are all handpicked and shepherded because of that servant hearted attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I hope that that resounds with some of our, listeners that mm-hmm. that maybe the faith component isn't necessarily paramount, but the desire to execute their mission cohesively, uh, I think that without 
focusing on culture and without cultivating and curating what that culture looks like, their mission can't really be executed as well as it could be. Good. Understood. And uh, if you didn't know, he's a good soul. I think I can say that. That's okay. Um, we're going to just have a little short short break in a moment, and we'll, we're going to have some nuggets for you, some things Patrick has learned, I guess, through studying others who have a lot of really important steps to share about good culture. But again, we're with Patrick Reynolds, CEO and founder of Crosslink Consulting. They're headquartered in North Augusta, serving uh, IT and cybersecurity needs. And, and this is our first of many podcasts. This is the first time that I've done interviews, although I visited the studio. What do you think so far? I think it's great. This is a fantastic studio. It's got uh, great audio, great cameras, and uh, David over there leading the charge is uh, doing a fantastic job as well. Yeah, David and Chris are, uh, I like to call them the 20-something millennials uh, that are uh, teaching everyone a new way to get the word out, which is really great. We all try to learn and we try to grow. And they, they have a website at AugustaPodcast.com, and, and they do all sorts of things from recording for businesses to recording for organizations. They even do voiceover, voiceovers if you want to have something nice on your answering machine, if you will. Um, you just got back from, well, kind of a cross-country tour of travel for many different reasons, but specifically you went to a trade show. And what did you bring back that you think might be important for people who are working at companies in some sort of leadership positions or who own the companies? Um, that's a big question. Um, so, this is a event that I went to in 2019, and I was driven to do that because um, our culture was in a place that was uncomfortable. Our workplace was less desirable to come in each day. There was friction. There was some caustic attitudes. Um, so I was hungering and thirsting for some tools and some low-hanging fruit, some quick wins on how to shift the culture. Um at Crosslink, and um, that was a very empowering conference. Um, I came back and immediately began to um, begin wrestling that culture in the right direction, stopping some of the negative uh, dissent, if you will, and beginning to focus on improving it. And there are some real easy things that companies can do to begin to focus on it. Um just to get into some practical components that we started doing right away, um, we immediately started tailing our Fridays down at about 4 o'clock so that we could um, just share and and live life with one another. Um, that started with some root beer you know, floats on Friday starting about 4 o'clock. It was summertime when we started that. And uh, mm-hmm. just let's let's – in the workday at four, uh, we've got someone on call who can take care of those last-minute emergencies, but let's spend at least an hour doing some cornhole, right. um, enjoying some downtime with one another in the office. <clears throat> and um, we also started changing up our morning meetings, our morning huddles. Uh, we hadn't been nearly as intentional, um, but we 
we began to do those four days a week, and at the start of each of those, we started tossing around these thumb balls that are sort of icebreaker thumb balls mm-hmm. that, that asks some pointed questions, um, and you answer the question that your thumb is on, and you toss it to somebody else. But it is a, <laughs> a great way to get to know your coworkers and be a little more vulnerable yourself with some of the answers. And you get to, you get to pick how vulnerable you are. And I experienced some of that. Um, I guess it was back in May. Your company came over to Augusta Business Daily, and you were at our boardroom. And it was really interesting that you were just sort of sharing the wins for the week. And uh, I didn't notice any root beer floats, but there were there were some nice refreshments for whatever anyone wanted, uh, including including uh, ice cream and such. And it was it was just really nice. I, I just came away thinking I was telling my wife, that's a great company to work for and work with people felt valued. That's what I thought. Yeah, so what you saw also was us bringing in one of the leaders of the clients that we serve, so one of those uh, companies that we serve. David. Yep. Um, And we had him come in and just discuss some of the impact that our team has made on his company. Uh, And that wasn't, you know, we weren't trying to toot our own horn. It was really to help technicians and engineers who can get very narrowly focused to see some of the big picture impact of what serving people, the way we strive to do, what that means in the companies and in the lives of the people that we serve. Well, you're, you're very humble. You're speaking of David that, of course, I have a bottled water. I don't know if it came from uh, Southern, Beverage. Southern Beverage, and I don't know if it's springtime water, but the CEO and founder, David, had had some challenges with a different provider, and he shared how your team made life much easier for him and his employees to go about the important business of digging 900 feet underneath the ground to come up with good H2O. And and you're right. I thought that was a nice touch. I'd never seen that before where a client was invited to speak in front of 20 people. Yeah, it, it's really, that is just one of the components, right? But getting everyone understanding what the mission is and the impact of the mission, again, it just goes back to building culture and uh, focusing on the mission that we're doing. When we're, right. when we're focused on that mission, little hiccups in the office have a lot less impact. Um, later in October, um, you... You, at your own expense or the company's own expense, you're going to fly in someone, a member of a company, I think, out west. Is that right? They're, yeah, they're based out of Colorado. Out of Colorado. And they're going to share, uh, we're going to work together on uh, a business expo, a bit of a trade show on uh, culture shift, just to try to help everyone get a lot better and serve their clients better and and that gentleman had some really interesting steps that, that he shared. Uh, what really resonated with you? Well, so the, the name of the program is called The Collaborative, what, Collaborative Way. Um, and it really is very, it's, it's probably some of the best material um, that I recognize is so good 
in hindsight, right? After going through many of the problems that we've gone through and growing um, and seeing culture not being curated and managed, recognizing where some of the problems and flaws came. As I've read their book and talked with the, the teachers of that program, um, it's become evident to me that our community, uh, any business really, but our community would really benefit from having some of those ideas taught to them. Obviously, in this expo, it's not the normal three-day workshop, and we're going to have a lot of other speakers during this expo, but to get um, Declan from the Collaborative Way down here for that day, several sessions to be able to teach some of our folks um, just the high-level perspectives, it's going to be very empowering. Um, If they come to the conference and just learn some of those the, the main point, those five main points about how to keep culture going in the right direction and what the, the when we digress from growing good culture, they're very clear in those five points. It's going to be really empowering. Really, I think it's going to change, you know, the, what you and I have talked about since the beginning of this expo concept is the greatest good that we can think about doing is helping companies embrace and shift their culture because that's going to change the lives of the leadership at those companies. It's going to change the lives of the employees at those companies, and it's going to have tremendous impact on the people they serve. And if we can see that vision come to fruition through this expo, uh, that's a tremendous reward. And another byproduct is if you are happy at work or if you're happy leading a company, you're probably happier at home. There's probably is some work-life balance that's a benefit. In fact, um, people who attend the expo, um, they're, they're going to, from just those the collaborative way mm-hmm. approach, it's going to probably influence the way a lot of people go home and speak to their spouses and children. So it isn't just learning how to collaborate um, and what a collaborative approach is. It's going to have impact outside of the workplace as well. Well, this has been a a great first chat, and and I hope we've whet your appetite. There's so much more we're going to cover over the coming weeks and months. And, And as we have more information about our expo, to shift culture across the CSRA. We'll share it with you here and and in some other platforms. But Patrick, just uh, thank you so much for quarterbacking this um, overarching effort. I think it's, it's for the greater good. Thank you, Dale. It's a pleasure to do it, and I can't wait to hear how it's impacted some of our neighbors. All right. We'll talk again soon.